First and Pod, hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. Packers-Lions here? Yes. You're big on evaluating what Aaron Rodgers says. I've tuned this dude out. What, well, that's because you're, you're, you're in Chicago and you're programmed there to want to block the guy out because he's tormented you for so long. I, yeah, think, but I mean, I respect the hell out of Aaron Rodgers, but like, and I would ne- never have said this two years ago. He j- I just went from, it's oversaturation. It's too much. We, it's mealy mouth. It's mumbo jumbo. It doesn't mean anything. Or if it mean, it only means something if you take ayahuasca or something. I don't. All right. Well, tell that to every single sports debate show that takes his quotes from either his press conference, post game, or Pat McAfee that they're doing a bad job. Why don't you uh, tell all those sports talk producers out there that they're effing up by hanging on and clinging to Aaron Rodgers' takes on things? It's why it, this is this must be why they're not calling me. We know we know my looks are good. We know my takes are good. No, that you said you said the looks were awful. Yeah, and that you I was, needed I was to do like a self help book or movie about how you were able to get where you are in life, dude. It's you don't think it's you don't think it's interesting that they again kind of flub a major transaction date, and he comes out the next day and he's just totally cool that he's like, well, we tried and it didn't work out. I think you're not that, surprised that he didn't just flame throw them. Uh, no, because I think that he's not predictable in that way anymore. And his whole thing was that he's now kumbaya with Gutekunst and he signed the long-term deal and he's going to, he's going to retire a Packer. And I, yeah, but we, what, what receiver moved at the deadline that would have changed the fortunes of the Green Bay Packers. They tried to get Claypool. And the yep. Bears outbid them. Well, they, they could have offered a first. And how would you have reacted if they offered a first? I would have done this podcast naked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, so. I just, you know, like, you're telling me they couldn't have offered Houston a second-round pick for Brandon Cooks? I'm not saying, no. I'm Where's not. a deal like that? I, I'm they, they absolutely could have, and I am floored that, We've talked about it with Devontae Adams before. I'm not saying that they don't need it. I'm saying that Aaron Rodgers, like being surprised by how Aaron Rodgers handles something publicly, that train left the station for me a while ago, man. Like he's not a stable and predictable person. Sometimes he's like calling his guys out. Other times he's putting his arms around them. Sometimes he's angry. Sometimes he's trippy. Sometimes he's taking veiled shots at his coach. Other times he's drinking scotch with his general manager. I don't know. I don't know. So it's like trying to understand what his tattoo means. What does it mean? I don't know. <laughs> he's going to say, he, my, guess, my guess is in three weeks, he'll say something passive aggressive about not having enough support. Like, you know, he, he, he talks out of both sides of his mouth. He's a, uh, he, he's not, he's not Kyrie, but he's got a little Kyrie in him. Like he's like, he's like a pseudo intellectual. It's, it's, it's just coming across faker and faker and faker to me. The, the more that he talks. And I know bringing up Kyrie is toxic, so please don't clip this. And I don't want to deal with that on the internet, uh, Spencer. But you know what I mean? I, I don't see as much rhyme or reason to Aaron Rodgers as I did two or three years ago. when he Or even two or three weeks ago when you thought after a loss and he was like trying to call out his guys that it was a good move. At that yeah, point, I, well, Danny was taking his word seriously. And now you've had an epiphany in the last few weeks. Yes, dude. Well, fine. Call me a hypocrite. <laughs> That's fine. 
the, at least the thing after the game was like an honest reaction. Like the, the midweek stuff, it's just always so planned and the hoodie that he wears is scripted. The book that he's talking about is scripted. It just, he, he's a phony, man. He's All right, phony. let's transition to your team. Dolphins and Bears, two teams that made significant moves. Dolphins traded for Chubb, gave up a first round pick, gave him $100 million. And then the Bears finally got a wide receiver. So which move, take your bias out, which move do you think is more impactful? Well, I mean, if you're just doing Claypool, it's clearly Chubb. If you do Claypool and and Smith and Smith, yes. Yeah, and trading away Roquan Smith, it's closer because Roquan's a $20 million player. Right. Was facing a franchise tag, leads the NFL in tackles. Um, I I still think the answer in terms of more impactful is Chubb because, I mean, listen, I was shocked by that. That one was shocking to me we we have been talking for weeks and months on the show about Roquan and weeks about adding a receiver and months about how the Bears didn't have one like and maybe again that's because I'm closer to it and so you know wow what are they going to do with Roquan with the contract impasse wow how are they not supporting fields like those were huge topics for us but I was under the impression that the Dolphins did all of the things they did this past offseason to evaluate Tua not really expect to win anything of consequence this year. And then in the offseason, figure out what they need to do with Tua or what other holes they need to fill. It feels like they, and maybe that was the plan, but it's going so well through the first eight weeks where they woke up and were like, holy shit, we can win the Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. like trading a first round pick and then giving a massive contract to an edge rusher and acting like Bradley Chubb is Miles Garrett and he's he's damn good. He would have been paid a huge contract this offseason, so he's getting paid one now. That move to me says, like, they're coming for the Chiefs and Bills in their mind this year. So I, I think that the more impactful move is certainly Miami because I think that the Bears stuff was fairly telegraphed. Yeah, I didn't expect the Bears to overpay for a wide receiver who hasn't been that productive. But but it's different. I mean, but a first round pick and a huge contract. Oh yeah, is no, is like an all in move. A second round pick when you have two sure. seconds for Claypool is yeah. not an all in uh, move. It it made me wonder if they're going to bypass paying Tua. When yeah, that deal we talked about out. that last week. Like they'll ride it out with him this year. Maybe they'll think about. Well, so. They got to decide on a fifth-year option. They'll pick up a fifth-year option on him. Yeah. But I think they're still renting. I don't think, you know, I think you might trade for Chubb, but I don't know if you give up that much and immediately sign him if you know that very soon you're going to have to pay a quarterback the franchise going right. So Yeah, I mean, it was just, it's a accelerate the timeline which but dude don't you I respected it and I really do think that this is it's a copycat league everybody says that I'm copying the take of it being a copycat league but like less need less need and f them picks we I don't think it's a coincidence that the Rams win the Super Bowl he says f them picks and the next trade that deadline is the most active trade deadline in NFL history well, the Buccaneers did a lot of that, but mostly it was free agent moves that were 
like temporary moves and not so much like trading picks, but they, it was like really win now and not so much like worrying about developing in the draft when they got went out and got Brady and made all those moves around him. So like this building a team overnight, not through your picks is, I think, a recent trend. I also think that it's short-sighted in a way because you're going to play a road playoff game right out of the box. And you're going to have to win three. Yep. So that's the part of it that's a little bit jarring to me is, man, you're investing in this year when you're going to have a hard-ass road to toe to get yourself deep into the playoffs. But they're a franchise that hasn't won a playoff game in so long. Probably to their fans, it's like, this is great. Just win a friggin' playoff game and we'll plan a parade. Well, and it's not like Buffalo's going anywhere. Um. So if they look at it as this is our first round pick is going to be in the 20s and we need an elite pass rusher and we think we can also make noise in this playoffs and not just wait to try to sign them yep. in the offseason. I'll make a cross sport comparison. It's like when the Warriors were completely dominant and uh, the Rockets kept making hyper aggressive moves to go after them. Like a lot of teams were just like, Tank, tank, tank. This is their league. We're gonna. We're not gonna even bother. We can't compete with yep. them. I respected the hell out of what the Rockets did. It did. It didn't work, but they easily could have won that Western Conference Finals, and then they would have won the title if, if not for the hamstring injury to to Chris Paul. Like they, so like the Dolphins see the Bills and are not afraid of it. They're they're going after it. So I I respect the hell out of it, even if yeah, it's very unlikely to pay off with the Super Bowl because of the path that they're going down. But I, I love that trade for them. Super aggressive. So the next game is my favorite game. And tell me if you think that's weird. Seahawks and Cardinals is my favorite game on Sunday. Dude, you don't have to sell me on the Geno Smith show. And by the way, before we get into this, two quick things. One, uh, if Tannehill plays, I like the Titans in the points. And Dolphins-Bears over 43 and a half. It's at like 45 and a half now. I like 44 and a half too. Uh, biggest bet of the year for me. I feel like we've been doing a lot of storylines and trade Ooh. deadline stuff. Uh, I, I should be giving out picks and game analysis. Yes, because they've been so good, the picks this year. Yeah, the picks have not been great. But <laughs> those, listen, you got to keep upping your ante as you, as you go. I think the Bears run on the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins run on the Bears. I think that game flies into the 50s. Uh, no, man, you don't have to sell me on the Geno Smith show. He was just named NFC Player of the Month, baby. Everyone's coming around. He's better than Russ. Best story in the NFL. This week, we get to see if he's better than Kyler. Let's go. I'm ready. Absolutely. And the last time they played, it was 19-9. And Gino was under 200 yards and didn't throw a touchdown pass. It was just an ugly game. And I don't anticipate. This has got one of the highest totals of the week. I think it'll be more of a true, you know, what we expect from both of these teams. But, you know, it it's really, the NFL is a what have you done for me lately sport. This really, to me, is one of those games where all it would take is Arizona to win and Seattle to lose for narratives on both teams to change just like that. I really believe that. Because Seattle would be five and four. And I think people would be like, well, Cinderella's going home. It's midnight. And then I think with Arizona, they'd be like, well, wait a minute. Every time DeAndre Hopkins plays, they win, and the quarterback looks way better. So I think that's the Arizona what I think side of that. The, the Arizona side of that, I agree with. The Seattle side of it, 
I disagree with because the expectation, like narratives are all based on expectations, right? Are you exceeding expectations? Are you falling short of expectations? Are you choking? Are you succeeding? Like, and if the Seahawks are five and four, when they were supposed to be a five win team for the entire season, I don't think people are going to necessarily turn against them in any sort of meaningful way, because I don't think people are really. Uh, When I say turn against them, I mean, much like the giants, like, well, this team, they're not one game. Yeah, exactly. Right. But I, I, fair, fair, fair enough. I, I think that they will still, I think they could lose this game and still win eight or nine games. And and be in the mix for that seven seed. But Arizona, people will be talking about the DeAndre Hopkins point 100%. Uh, but if Arizona loses, man, oof, I, when is like when when is Cliff gone if they lose? We've had a firing already. I don't know how hot the heat is like in ter- for, for a hot seat for a coach. In, in in that market, my my sense is not very, but if they lose this game, you'd have to start thinking about changes in season or this offseason at the latest. Not that it would be the first time they thought about it, but it'd be a bad loss for Arizona. Bad. Especially if they scored nine points again. Correct. Correct. Uh Chargers and Falcons. Atlanta's got the worst pass defense in the NFL. But typical Chargers, no one's healthy. My question for you about L.A. is I want you to put a ranking on Justin Herbert. How much rib excuse? How much injury excuse for the team? Like, does Danny look at Justin Herbert and still say that's a top five quarterback right there? Can I, Danny, answer this with a question? Like, I want to know the the specific parameters. Is it... Is he a top five quarterback this week? Or is he, are you asking, is he a top five quarterback I'd want to have in the league right now to build a franchise around? Is he a top five quarterback in the league right now? In the league right now, probably not because of the rib injury. But is he a top five quarterback that I'd want to have? The answer is yes. Especially because Brady and Rodgers are being downgraded, man. Like, okay. Allen, but you've yes. also elevated Geno Smith to superhuman status. So no, no, I, I, Geno Smith is a starting caliber NFL quarterback who I think is a fascinating case study in patience. All but right, how about Burrow or Herbert? I that's 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 the line. Okay, there you go. Can you answer that one for me? Uh, I think I would still take Herbert because of the arm oh. talent. Oh man, yeah. Dude, he makes throws that only Allen, Rodgers, and Mahomes can make. Cool. Yeah, it is cool. (laughs) It's fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, wait. So you don't think that losing Keenan Allen, losing Mike Williams, losing his left tackle, Rashawn Slater, you don't think that these are significant? And then playing through a rib cartilage injury that is going to apparently linger in perpetuity? Like – you you don't think that these are significant things that maybe just maybe no I mean I, I, that guy no I don't think that they're things that you just completely ignore well that's good but I because <laughs> they're I like also, three of the other four best players on no the but I, no but I also like 
It's one thing if this is like an Archie Manning situation where there's just this great talent at quarterback and he is surrounded by total shit and you can't like adequately assess or judge his career because of the situation he's been thrust into and put in. Um, I think we've gone too far in, in the opposite direction with Herbert where like a lot of his bad games or a lot of their losses just get explained away. And I just don't think that would happen with a quarterback that was playing for the Cowboys or was playing for the Bears or was playing for the Steelers or was playing for the Giants or Jets. Like, I just think he gets an unreal pass when it comes to that because he blows away the eye test, like you said. And we just were like, okay, whatever. They lost a home game that they should have won. No big deal. He still, like you said, can run right and throw it back across his body left 70 yards. And that makes up for the fact that they only scored 17 points in a game. Okay. We do that all the time with him. Yeah, we, 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 we do, but we also say that the chargers are cursed. And of course they're injured and people are out on the coach and there's a hundred. Why don't we do that with Kyler Murray? What do, do, why don't we do what with Kyler Murray? Well, I'm just saying Kyler Murray. I mean, Kyler Murray is, not nearly as physically impressive as Justin Herbert is as a thrower of the football. Who would you rather have for the next 10 years? Kyler Murray or no, Justin I'd ra- Herbert? No, I'd rather have Herbert, but like when, yeah. Mur- when, when, when Kyler Murray has a bad game, he gets absolutely crushed. I don't sense that with Herbert. That's all. Yeah, I, I, I okay. I mean, so you wanted a ranking. Uh, Mahomes, Allen, Would you rather have Jalen Hurts or Justin Herbert? Tomorrow, Jalen Hurts. Next 10 years, Justin Herbert. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that again. You've got a Herbert crush. <laughs> it's, it's, Dude, it's Yeah, yes, yes. I'm not selling a share of his stock. Very ne- clearly. Ne- next 10 years, I still think he's third. You're, we're going to do this podcast for the next five years, and you are going to pick the Chargers to win the Super Bowl before the start of every fucking season, dude. So true. <laughs> so true. I mean, until Justin Field, Trent Dilfer said that Justin Fields has the uh, playmaking ability and potential of a Pat Mahomes, Brett Favre type. And I had heart palpitations on the air. I'm like, Craig, those are only like the two most exciting quarterbacks and fun quarterbacks to watch that the NFL has seen in the last 30 years. And he's like, yeah, I know. And oh. should they fire their coach for having him throw it like 12 times in a game <laughs> yeah, earlier this right. season? Uh, yeah. Uh, I just can't wait till he gets some. some, some I want to ask you for the Minnesota-Washington game because Kirk Cousins is going back to D.C. for the first time. And this is like example, you know, 1,617 for why they're such a poorly run organization. It kind of sounds like it's going to change, right? 